Now, I've got uh, a few kids, three of them, three boys, and one, one uh, he, he struggles when he doesn't do things well. He struggles when he fails at something, particularly kind of melts down a little bit, uh, particularly like yesterday in baseball, if he makes a mistake, minor mistake, done well, done well, done well, done well, makes one little snake, he's like, ah, you know, kind of stuff. But he's also the same kid, so he, he doesn't experience wins very well. Does that make sense? Because he can still always think about what's wrong or what he did wrong or, oh, I'm bad about this. But he's also the same kid that can just get, not get, uh, that just fills music. That he's just like, anything happens, you know, whatever. I don't know what that beat was for him. That was, uh, that was Tejano, right? That was that. Dun, 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 dun. That's, he's got that. He knows that beat. We listen to that. Uh, he, knows, he knows more techno, fast beats. Uh, uh, he went through a season of lack and metal, so uh, nah, not the not the element, the music. Uh, <laughs> uh, you blank faces, so I didn't know if you guys were heard of that. I don't know. Heard of there's metal music out there, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but what I find in him and what I try to work in him, what we're trying to grow in him and his character and his response to Jesus and into this world and to his own mistakes and to his own failures is that uh, you can celebrate God's grace. You can celebrate God's win to you. You can celebrate uh, uh, the thing that you did, even that by God's grace you accomplished this. Let's celebrate this. And I love it because where do I get this from? I get this from the Bible. We as humans get this from the Bible of when there's victory, you stop, you celebrate, you sing, you drink, you dance, you party because your God has won. So that's what we do. So that's where we're at. So this morning is nothing different than last week. We looked at Judges 4. We covered the, the Judges 4 covered the details, the history of what happened with Sisera and Barak and Deborah and Jael. But chapter 5 is a song. It's a song about the history. It's a song reflecting, singing, celebrating. So page, what, 210, I think it was, Judges 5, if you have your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, grab one of those, 210, I think, was that right? Uh, uh, Judges 5. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang. All right. Miss Annie just read this, so I'm not going to read it again. I want you to hear it. Okay, I want you to imagine this. All right, because sometimes we, we hear songs and we have no melody to them. We have no idea of like what it is. I want you to know this is an upbeat, joyful celebration of what God has done for them. And so I want you to hear it. Jeff. Lucas is not 1,300 years old, so it's not original. <laughs> but I asked him this week to kind of get this melody in our mind, and, and he made it up, so we don't know what's original. But I want you to think about this. This is a song. 
We quickly just read, hey, they sang a song and we just read it like it's what? More content or info about just history and not know it. No, this is a song. They're singing this. In the midst of a celebration after what God had just did for them. Now this repeated at I will sing to the Lord, I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel is repeated, repeated for enthusiasm. It says, I will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord, the God of Israel. I can't sing, that's why I just raise my voice. That's all I can do. <laughs> now, this is one of the oldest poems in the Old Testament. As a song, it includes parallelism. There we go. The chiastic structure, balancing of lines, alliteration. But like a, a classic Johnny Cash song, it, it tells a story. It gets you in the verses of like, what's happening? What's going on? But overall, this is a victory song of praise to Yahweh. That's what this is. 30 verses praising the Lord. It's similar to the Egyptian odes of Thutmose III and Merthepta. You guys remember those classic bangers? <laughs> Go Thutmose, you're the utmost. No, you yeah, remember that one? <laughs> classic bangers but very similar to those but more similar to those it's similar to the Red Sea song Exodus 15 where God parts the Red Sea for the Israelites that they might escape slavery and then slams it shut on the Egyptians and then the Israelites sing Exodus 15 19 says this when Pharaoh's horses with his chariots and horsemen went into the sea the Lord brought the water of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the prophetess, sound familiar? Miriam, like Deborah, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women came out, following her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. Like this is their song. That's what she's saying. This is what they do. God has won the victory. He did what he said he was going to do. Sing to the Lord. That's this. So throw up your hands and celebrate. That's, that's what's happening here. Hit the beat with the tambourine and dance. In, in, the, uh, in their rebellion, the, oh, the Israelites are described as stiff-necked, but when it comes to celebration, they're not stiff. There's there no frozen chosen here, you know, like, I will sing to the Lord God of Israel. Like, I'm just so grateful. It just, dude, he so excites my heart that I sing angrily. That, that there's not here. They're, they're, they're not stiff. They're dancing. There's tambourines. That, they're throwing a party. Why? Well, they were oppressed for years song will get more into what's happening with them but the beauty of art on a story is that it it captures the moment and the feeling and the vibe and they're partying like it's 999 bc because it's 1100 this time it's a joke all right it's a very specific bible chronology joke <clears throat> but this song this song includes multiple aspects okay it's, it's primarily a hymn that calls for celebration. But 
But as history it informs, it tells us again of the story and it actually gives us a little bit more parts of the story that we didn't know. But as a ballad, it entertains. It, it, it's going to catch you off guard. Because uh, it's got celebration, then it, it changes gears real hard to a shriek at the end and goes a different direction. You're like, oh, I, we're still celebrating even this? Okay. As a heroic ode, it inspires with heroes, human heroes like Deborah and Barack in the midst, and Jael. And as a diss track, it makes you go, whoa. Like, it's all, it's all. It, primarily, it's, it's, it's praise to God for what he's done, but it includes a lot. Why did I say diss track? Well, verse 3, he says, she says, kings and princes, listen as we sing of God's victory and your defeat. <laughs> that, she's, she's not talking to the kings and princes of Israel. She's talking to the kings and princes of the other nations. <laughs> she's saying, oh, you're injured? Let me see. Salt, 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 right? You come and listen and hear what God has done to you. Sing with us. Verse four, Lord, when you came from Seir, when you marched from the fields of Edom, the earth trembled, the skies poured rain and the clouds poured water. The mountains melted before the Lord, even Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. So the divine warrior, now this, is, this gets into kind of what happened in the story. And what happened is the divine warrior marches and the earth displays his power and strength. And as he passes through the heavens, the clouds release their water. And when he marches through the earth, the mountains quake. And, and this is part of the diss track as well. I'm going to tell you a little bit of how. Wait for me. Let's keep going. Verse 6. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the main roads were deserted because travelers kept to the side roads. Villages were deserted. They were deserted in Israel until I, Deborah, rose, a mother in Israel. Israel chose new gods. Then there was war in the city gates. Let me pause there. Isn't that such a, a microcosm of this whole book? Which in, doesn't make it also... Doesn't also make it have to resonate with us. Meaning, when you or I choose new gods like Israel does, chaos invokes. Whatever it looks like. But this, this society shuts down. Under Canaanite oppression, it's in chaos. The roads are deserted. Trade routes have ceased because of fear of attack or because extortionate tolls. Either they're scared to go on the highways because they're going to get attacked by the Canaanites or because the Canaanites have set up tollways that, that are just going to rob them blind. And so they take the side roads to avoid being detected. And there, there's ghost towns now or ghost villages now. Farmers refused to go out to the farms. Trade came to a halt. I want you to see it. Israel chose new gods. Then there was war in the city gates. Not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 Israel. My heart is with the leaders of Israel, with the volunteers of the people. Blessed be the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys, who sit on saddle blankets, and who travel on the road, give praise. 
Let them tell the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous deeds of his villagers in Israel, with the voices of the singers at the watering places. Then the Lord's people went down to the city gates. So, so it's chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> because Israel chose new gods, and so because of them choosing God, new gods, God chooses a new leader. Raises up Deborah. She rises as a mother in Israel, she says. And she's an affectionate mother because you hear her heart for the leaders. You hear her heart for the people. She's also a mother bear. Because who do you think the people riding the white donkeys are? Again, I don't think these are Israelites. These are the rich Canaanite merchants that are freely riding the roads around. I'm not boring, dull, poor gray donkeys but luxurious white donkeys and that saddle blankets that's a luxurious term and so they're riding around with safety with all their money no care and, and she says you're riding around like you own the place now it's time for you to sing with us <laughs> and what's that singing that God has flipped the script, that no longer you're the oppressor, but you're the one defeated. You sing to the Lord who reigns over all. It's kind of like that old mother, like, oh, you want to boast in something? I'll show you something to boast in. You want to boast in your donkey? You want to boast in yourselves? You want to boast in your money? I'll show you God. I'll show you his power. Tell of his righteous acts. Meaning, tell with us the work of God defeating the Canaanites. Then the, Lord people, the Lord's people went down the city gates. They come to Deborah. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake. Sing a song. Arise, Barak, and take your prisoners, son of Abinoam. Then the survivors came down to the nobles. The Lord's people came down to me against the warriors. Those with their roots in Amalek came from Ephraim. Benjamin came with your people after you. The leaders came down from Mashir. And those who carry a martial staff came from Zebulun. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Issachar was with Barak, sorry, Issachar. They were under his leadership in the valley. There was great searching of heart among the clans of Reuben. Why did you sit among the sheep pens, listening to the playing of pipes for the flocks? There was great searching of heart among the clans of Reuben. Gilead remained beyond the Jordan. Dan. Why did you linger at the ship? Remember, this is the song, okay? We sing this. They're singing this. And she's singing this about the other tribes that haven't come to their help. Where were you? What were you doing? Asher remained at the seashore, stayed in his harbors. The people of Zebulun defied death. Naphtali also on the heights of the battlefield. So there's, there's the volunteers who, who when the leaders lead and the volunteers volunteer, God is to be praised. Meaning he's the one, the benefactor of those two things. Why do we have leaders that lead? Why do we have volunteers that volunteers? Because God is God. He, he provides it. <clears throat> but there's also resistors. A lot of reasons why. They don't show up. But they can't be bothered. They're indifferent. They keep thinking about it. That's Reuben appear to be giving serious thought, but they just keep thinking about it. What does that mean? They never came in and helped. They just gave serious thought about it twice and never showed up. 
A question I think this story raises for us, similar to last week, but in this adventurous life of following Jesus together, are you sitting on the sidelines? Or are you on the battle with us? Now this looks different, right? I'm not saying let's, let's unsheath our swords. What I'm saying is we've got sin in our hearts to kill. We've got darkness in this world to push back. We have disciples all around us to make. Are you in this with us? Or maybe like Dan, you, you got some money, you got some luxury, you, you can hang out on the boats. Now that's a negative view. Maybe that's a positive thing. They're trying to keep feeding their families, right? They're fishing. Others just give serious thought. You keep thinking about, thinking about following Jesus. Giving it serious thought, but not actually doing it. And what this idea of the tribes together should, should bring us to Ephesians 4, the beauty of diversity and unity. And then what can be accomplished when that is functioning and we're all operating in our gifts, bringing to the table and serving one another, what does Ephesians 4 say? Not that Cicero will be killed by our hands, but that we will grow into mature manhood. And so the question is, for some of you, and how you think about others in this church, how you uh, come to your group, how you come to this place, how you build relationships is are you putting in, contributing, or are you sitting on the sidelines thinking about it or doing something else? And I can give you details, but I'm going to keep it broad so that we'll see what the Spirit says to you. Verse 19. Kings came and fought. Then the kings of Canaan came at Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo, but they did not plunder the silver. The stars fought from the heavens. The stars fought with Sisera from their paths. The river Kishon swept them away. The ancient river, the river Kishon, and this, this, is, like, this is like Romans 11 kind of style, that she kind of stops about this and just speaks to her like, March on my soul in strength. It's kind of that pause break of like just celebration of like, yes, that's what God did. He did that. We saw it. We were there. Or it's like John would say, I beheld him with my very own eyes. I saw the one full of grace and truth. March on my soul in strength. The horse's hoofs then hammered. The galloping, galloping of his stallions. Curse Miraz, <laughs> says the angel of the Lord. Bitterly curse our inhabitants, for they not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord with the warriors. All right. So this artistically tells you now what happened. We didn't get to understand really what happened. How did the defeat happen of the troops and the chariots? It was, it was their great technology. They were going to be the one. They're undefeated, the Canaanites. Remember other Israelites in the past that said that we can't go against them. They got chariots. Iron chariots. Not wood chariots, they got iron on them. We can't win. And now how do we know? What did God do? Well, Cicero waited for 
uh, Barak's troops to come down the mountain and come into the Jezreel Valley. And then they're on this side of the Kishon and, and uh, Sisera is on this side. And so he mobilizes his troops to come towards them. And then they cross this river, Kishon. Most of the year, it's a tiny little babbling brook. So for them, no issue, right? Chariots, horses, everybody. Everybody can get through this. So they cross the brook, expecting it to cross it easily, probably like they've done it many times before. But the divine warrior shows up. And the divine warrior dumps out water, floods the Kishon, and sweeps them away. Now, in conjunction with, with verses 4 and 5 in mind, going back to that, the uh, God marching, the clouds raining, the earth trembling. The, let me remind you, the Baal Canaanite God, do, do you know why they worship him? What do they think about him? He's the storm God. <laughs> look, look, you see how a little detail changes everything? Now you know that he's storm God. Now what do you know? That the storm God gets crushed by the God of the Bible with a storm. Yeah. That's what you know. This is just like Exodus. This is taken back just like earlier, Miriam's song, Exodus 15, very similar to Deborah's song here, but very similar here. God, God's enemy is oppressors and false gods. And so what does he do? He makes war with false gods. And so, oh, you worship that, that uh, fertility god with the frog head? <laughs> I'll make frogs fertile, and I'm going to overrun your city with them. Ha-ha. <laughs> he antes up. Oh, you worship uh, the, the sun. You named him Ra. Mm. That's awesome. My god turned him off like a light switch. That's what he's saying. Anything created can be manipulated, used by God to then wreck that idol in your heart. Do you hear me? That's how powerful it is. Oh, you, you love money. You have all that greed in your heart. He take, can take greed and then smash greed. Show off that, oh, I actually own everything. So back to Bill. I control your God. I use your God to defeat you. That's why you should be praising the Lord. I will sing to him. I will sing praise to him. Now let's address Moraz because it's strange. It's only mentioned here in the Old Testament. And its location is unknown. So we don't know much except for this. Except that the angel curses them like the curses from Deuteronomy 28 and 29. But based on what he says, they violated the, the divine command specifically. They seem to have made agreements with the Canaanites and adopted their gods. But what I want you to see, what, what we do see from this whole story with Moraz there, is that this, them being cursed, this town presents an example for the rest of the nation. But you're going to keep going this way. You're going to keep agreeing, making agreements, covenants, acting like the pagans around you, picking up their worship practices, 
of self-mutilation and child sacrifice and sexual immorality. Curse to you. It's, it's this foreshadowing what's going to happen to them if they all keep going this way. Now, <laughs> on the juxtaposition comes because you've got this curse of Mesros and then you've got a phrase that most of you guys know about Mary. Verse 24, most blessed of women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. She is most blessed among tent-dwelling women. It's qualifying. That changed, right? <laughs> it's like, you're the, you're the prettiest girl in the room. It's like, <laughs> uh, what? It's too specific. But she's blessed. So you curse Miraz, bless Jaya. Why? Why? Remember what happened. Verse 25. He, Sisera, the enemy, asked for water. She gave him milk. She brought him cream in a majestic bowl. Royal. Like she's really trying to take care of big hospitality. He falls asleep. She re reached for a tent peg, her right hand, for a workman's hammer. Uh, remember, this would have been normal woman's work in this day. She's familiar with this. Essentially, she just grabbed the closest vicious household object. Then she hammered Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. He collapsed. He fell. He lay down between her feet. He collapsed. He fell between her feet. Where he collapsed, there he fell dead. Amen. I know that's hard to hear, but now what you're thinking about us is what? That's what God does to our enemies. That's what God does to our enemies. Now, I told you the gears are going to shift dramatically. We're going to shriek to, a, I think, complete stop. Verse 28, Sisera's mother looked through the window. <laughs> so we go on this story, this song, we're singing about Jael, more blessed Jael. Now we're singing about Sisera's mother. We're pulled into her house, what she's thinking, what she's feeling, what she's seeing. She peered through the lattice, crying out, why is this chariot so long in coming? Why don't I hear the hoofbeats of his horses? Her wisest princes answer her. She even answers herself. Are they not finding dividing the spoil, a girl or two for each warrior? I want you to see that. That literally means a womb or two for each warrior. It's a despicable practice of treating women as objects. So if he is not involved somehow with actually these acts of assault, he's at least trafficking in them. The spoil of collared garments for Cicero, the spoil, and I'm sorry, and his mom is talking about it. This is my, I'm not condemning, I want you to think about how, how do, if, if you worship something other than the one who created you, what it looks like to worship something other than that, you become more and more animalistic. You, you start accepting things that are horrific because there, there, there's no line of like what is really right and wrong. And so yeah, he's probably delayed because he's doing what he does. 
find that so surprising because by the end of Judges, that's what the Israelites begin to think as well. Begin to act like as well. And this is one of the saddest things ever because Christians have the greatest, most beautiful sexual ethic ever. And so for our ethic to be skewed because we've adopted practices of idolatry is to then sync, I can't say it, is the syncretism, is trying to do both and, trying to worship Jesus and the gods around you. Thirty-one, Lord, may all your enemies perish as Sisera did, but may those who love him be like the rising of the sun in its strength, and the land had peace for forty years. The only thing else I say about Sisera is he's a brutal man, particularly to women, and then two women lead to his demise. And poetically, this woman, from a man who's taken so much from women, she takes his life. And I say, praise God. But the big point is this, God defeats his enemies. That's it. It's simple. But God defeats his enemies. So, so much of our life is flittered with fear and anxiety because we don't believe God defeats his enemies. We're so tempted to begin to worship enemies rather than God because we think at times that we want to be on the right side of what history or on the right side of whatever God is in control at that time in our cultural trend. And so we sometimes we'll snuggle up with our enemies because we don't believe that God is going to defeat them. Now on enemies, just because this, I, I want you to know from Judges, uh, particularly my son, uh, th this shouldn't excite aggression in you for violence against other people. This should excite aggression in you towards God's enemies. Sin, Satan, and death. Meaning it should excite of like, I want to join in the fight and kill the sin in me. So that, that clears out some of that underbrush. But if God defeats his enemies, then the point or my action or what I want you to go towards now is then sing in victory. I made light of it earlier about frozen chosen, but I, I don't want us to be a stiff people in that sense at all, meaning that we're free because we're so excited what he's done. Like who goes to a victory party 
and sits in the corner and just eats pita chips by themselves quietly. Probably two of you, actually. I know. <laughs> That's funny. I looked around the room. I was like, oh, this analogy is terrible. Backfired. Uh. <laughs> but no, we go to celebrate. The vibe is a party. It's a celebration. God has won. And, and I'm saying past tense because for us, we don't just have a Jael who surprisingly kills our enemy that we didn't even know about her, but we have a Jesus who dies in our place for us. So I will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the world's true Lord, Jesus. I mean, there's a lot of despair in us, in your families, in your households, a lot of hopelessness, a lot of thinking that enemies are too big for you, your own enemies, the enemies around you, or even the enemies that you make up. We're so rich, we like to make up problems. But there's hope. Jesus conquered our enemies, not with a hammer in his hand, but by, a, but by dying a brutal death. But by dying a brutal death, like Sisera, he publicly shames the devil. By his blood pouring on the ground like Sisera's, my sins are paid for, are forgiven. But unlike Sisera, after Jesus lay dead, the spirit raises him up and by so he defeats death. Sin addressed, the devil shamed, death walked away from. I will sing to the Lord. I mean, God, God took Jesus through this portal out the other side to, to, or makes death now just an entrance into glory. Do you understand that? I mean, we've got antibiotics, so I don't think we get it. But do you know how terrified the pre-modern world was of dying? And Jesus stills death's thing. So I will sing, I will sing praise to the Lord. And now, what does this mean? What does this mean? It means we, God, not we, it means Jesus has inaugurated the party. We simultaneously party on earth like it's heaven until we get to heaven. Why? Because of who our God is. He's undefeated. He'll, he'll, he'll smash Bell with a storm. He'll later on smash Bell with some fire. He's like, whatever. I'll beat storm with the storm. I'll beat storm with the fire. I'll beat fire with fire. What? I, I will do it. He's undefeated. This is who he is. And so then every day is, hey, if I'm united to him, then I can't stay there. I can't stay in defeat. I can't live there. I can't have my life being a morose, sappy, somber, terrible, inward reflection just on myself. It has to be something much better than that. This outward, focused, 
loving, amazed by you. You. You're the one who defeated your enemies, and you're the one who decides our enemies, and so you defeated my enemies. <laughs> the last thing I'll say, some of you are hopeless. There's hope there. But some of you guys feel this chaos of the society shutting down. You feel the chaos maybe in your house, relationships, internally. But you, you feel that chaos of like, my life, my addiction, this relationship, work, like I, it's just chaotic. And I will not, because Jesus does not promise you that everything is going to be smooth in following him. He doesn't promise actually that some of those situation and events will change at all. But he tells you that because he's defeated your enemies, you have peace now. Peace with him. Peace with yourself. Peace with others. And so the events may stay the same. The suffering may be the same. But it's... <laughs> the good news is Jesus stays the same to you. Present with you. Giving you peace even when you're in the midst of a storm. Why? Because deep down, I really believe that he created storms, control storms, and can crush any God that says it's a storm God. That, that's why I trust him. That's why I want to sing. And so, that's why I want you to sing. You may have lost some battles, but you're not defeated may have taken a few hit, uh, hit backs, setbacks. But if it was on you, if it's on you, then I would tell you, we'll tell you it's a benediction, go in despair. But if it's up to you to win the war and defeat all your enemies, is despair. It's not. So sing with me. Okay? <laughs> Respond with me. I will sing to it. I will give praise. That's it. You, I don't know what to, else you need to reflect on you and think. I just want you to respond this in your life every day and when we gather that you would sing a victory and remember that there is hope and there's peace even if there seems like a lot of despair and a lot of chaos. Because Jesus has not changed. He's still reigning still holds all those clouds in his hands father we praise you you're good bigger than all of our enemies bigger than what we can imagine you to be so i ask that that spirit you would help us see victory and when we see victory the victory of jesus not not in the future verse, when we see your victory jesus 
that we would rejoice, celebrate, sing, praise. That we'd be a, a, a singing people, a joyful people. Undefeated. In Christ's name, amen.